Welcome to Season 2 of the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is April 28th, 2020. And so it's almost midnight. And I just wanted to come on before I fell asleep. And per usual, I always like to tell my tribe that whenever I have a moment to self-reflect and meditate, um, I like to create an audio journal podcast of what it is that I have on my mind before I lose the thought. And so this podcast is a little bit different. Hold on. Okay. So this podcast is a little bit different as I'm going to be talking about a few things that I've learned during this coronavirus shelter-in-place pandemic. And so I've been watching people and I've noticed we have two sets of people, the introverts and the extroverts. Those who have severe mental health issues, those who have mild mental health issues, and those who didn't have any mental issues at all until the pandemic happened. And so for those people who have severe mental health issues and, you know, they have to be at home and kind of self-quarantine to not get COVID-19, they seem to be the ones that are most susceptible to committing suicide. And then there are those who did not have any mental health issues at all until COVID-19 hit us here in 2020. And they fall into a state of depression. And even they have thoughts of committing suicide. There's a lot of fear, you know, in people because of how deadly the virus is and there's some people who were already, you know, scary Marys um, before the pandemic. And um, this just added to the spirit of fear tormenting them. There are people who are just doing random things just out of boredom. And then there are, excuse me, and then there are people who are using their time at home wisely. Some people are learning how to cook and how to bake and people are doing a lot of um, DIY projects. Some people are learning how to sew and make face masks and sell them. Some people are doing well in their entrepreneurial business. Some people gave up on their business. Some people are learning their children, learning themselves, learning their spouse you know, educating themselves, whatever the case may be, exercising, dieting, whatever it is, some people actually use the time at home wisely and they don't take things so hard. And then I've noticed there are some realtors, some people who own real estate. Let me rephrase that. They didn't take a financial hit at all. Well, let me rephrase that. There are some people who own real estate 
that have Section 8 tenants. And during this crisis, they still have an income. They hadn't missed a penny because Section 8, a government-funded program, is paying rent for the tenant. And so there's, I learned, here's the first thing that I've learned. Own some property. Because no matter what happens to own some property and accept Section 8 tenants. Because no matter what happens to the economy, whether it's a recession, a depression, whatever is going on, that government-funded program is still going to be there. And you'll still have an income. So I've decided that I'm going to take some real estate classes, get a realtor license, take a year or so to really learn the business and the law in the state, and I'm going to invest in some property, and I'm going to accept Section 8 tenants. Not the raggedy people, sorry, but the people who work. People who are mostly between the ages of 40 and 45, because they, at that age, you kind of value stability more than, you know, a 25-year-old single mother of three children. She wouldn't really. If a person don't work for anything, then they don't understand the value of something. And so I would prefer to have an older person who is just, who values peace and stability. That, that's my strategy. The other thing I notice is that I'm, I'm introverted. And so I'm normally not outside. Like I'm a homebody and I'm introverted. I don't need to have guests. I don't need to go to people's houses. I don't have to talk to people every day. I don't need to be around people all the time. I don't have to go somewhere. Like I choose to be home. New York City is a big place and there's plenty of things that I can, plenty of places that I can visit, plenty of places that I can get on, you know, the, the boat bus, the mega bus and go to different cities. I choose not to. And so the shelter in place order don't bother me because I'm a homebody to begin with. But there's a lot of people who are used to interacting with people and going outside, you know, seven days a week. They just have to interact with people somehow, some way. They're not doing too well with the shelter in place order. But what I don't understand is in their minds, they perceive it as they just can't go outside at all, in which you can. You just have to abide by the law of the land, which is being, by 8 p.m. And um, if you're out after 8 p.m., it has to be because you're an essential worker. So during the, the day, you can go for a walk, you can go to a park, 
to even go to, you know, the grocery store or whatever the case may be, or get some takeout food. You can do something. But in their minds, they just can't do anything at all but be home and eat and sleep and watch movies. And after a while, that becomes redundant and they don't want to do it anymore. But for me, as a homebody and an introvert, I'm okay with that. Like I have Hulu, I have Netflix, I have HBO, I have Disney, um, I have Amazon Prime. There's plenty of genres for me to choose from. Uh, if I want to watch something, I have a plethora of books that I paid for and hadn't even read yet. I've used my time to take a course with Coursera and it's a free course and it's titled The Science of Well-Being. And the last time I looked at it, almost one million people have taken this free course. Now, by the time I got to week four <laughs> with the course, I actually got bored with it. So the concept of the course is what is happiness and what makes people happy? And by the end of it, you have to determine what makes you happy. And so they give you, uh, well, the instructor gives you different perspectives to look at and to think about. And so by the time I got to week four, I came to come to the conclusion, which is really lot, what makes logical sense, is what would make a person happy is experiences. I think that material things, I'm going to speak for myself, material things is just a temporary happiness. You got the car that you always wanted. You got the job you've always wanted. You've lived in a neighborhood you've always wanted. And you got the, you know, the shoes that you've always wanted. It, but it's temporary. But to have an experience is something completely different. And you can always share that experience with someone else. You can't particularly pay for experiences because it's an intangible thing, but you can pay for that thing that creates the experience. Like you can go on a cruise. Yes, you're paying for the cruise, but the people that's there and, you know, the party or you know, the dinner and the music, the dancing, the people that you meet, those type of experiences you can't pay for. And that's my idea of happiness, those intangible things that creates those experiences that make you happy. You just have to decide what experiences would make you happy. So for me, I've been using my time wisely because I'm normally a homebody anyway. I've been reading a lot more. I've been doing some stretches. I've changed the way that I've been eating. I've been doing some um, meal preps as I've been embarking on um, meatless meals. 
while um, well meatless meals six days a week and on the seventh day I have some meat whether it's a steak or some turkey wings or whatever the case may be it just has to be meat fish whatever and so I learned the term of this is called flexitarian which is a person that eats meat uh, as much meat as they want but at a designated time I've been doing a lot of meditation and affirmation which has been working really well for me it's been about two three weeks now that I've been doing my meditation and affirmations and let me tell you something when life wants to teach you a lesson it will keep repeating that lesson until you get it and each time you fail that test it gets worse and worse and worse until you get knocked upside your head with it and that's the point that you want to avoid because then something major you know or tr even traumatizing happens once life lessons decide to pretty much punch you in the gut and so with me saying my meditations and affirmations and life teaching me um, certain things I've noticed first of all I've noticed that people try to provoke me just for my attention they know I don't want to give them my attention but they have their little tantrums anyway until they get my attention and then once they get my attention they stop their tantrums after that and so I realized that um, other people are not in control of my emotions but I am and so I've dedicated my affirmations and meditations to um, being more in control of my emotions and really watching people listening to what they're saying their tone of voice the words that they're using so forth and so on and I really see the core of who a person is and I've said this before and I'll say it again it doesn't matter how old a person is they could be 80 90 years old if a person is childish the core of who they are at 70 60 70 80 90 years old will still be childish some people have never done their emotional or personal development work and the child within them whatever age they were when a traumatic experience had happened to them they stopped growing and they stay at that age even though their physical age gets older that's what I've noticed I'm just in so much shock <laughs> that people admire me that much that they get mad when they don't have my attention they're like a kid who wants the parents attention and can't get it and the child just has a temper tantrum and and I just sit and I look and this is male and female and and people who are older than me at that it's not even people in my own age bracket or even younger that are behaving this way these are people who are older than me people who have grandchildren and it's ridiculous to me but that's 
it's, it's amazing to see. <laughs> it's amazing to see. Because who would have thought it? You know, some people act like the melanin in my skin is a problem. They act like the things that I do, the choices that I make for myself is a problem. They act like the way that I carry myself is a problem. But then I say to myself, how the hell do you admire someone that's, that's a problem? So then I had to change my perspective and my perception, how I was seeing things. Because it doesn't make logical sense to admire someone that you find to be a problem. Like, I don't admire Hitler. I think he was a problem. I don't know him. I'm too young to know him. But the point is, you can't admire somebody that you think is a problem. And then humans are just very weird on top of that. They're, they're very weird. Just, just weirdos. The other thing that I've learned during this um, pandemic is that people are still spending money. Where are they getting it from is beyond me. If 24 million people file for unemployment and it's taking them a month, two months, three months to even get their first payment, where the hell are they getting the money from to spend? I think that if businesses were still open, they would still be making money. So if you own some sort of a restaurant, no matter what happens with the economy, you'll still be making money. It may decrease, but you'll still be making money. People still spend money. I would I would really get a food truck. <laughs> I would really get a food truck and and you know park in a certain place and call it a day. You don't have to pay employees or anything like that. You, you pay yourself. For people that have stockpiled, you know those you've seen that show um Extreme Couponing and they stockpiled on a lot of different things non-perishable things, uh, they're making a killing during this pandemic because you can't find these things in stores. They're making a killing. The other thing that sunk in uh, during this pandemic is how selfish people are until something major happens. And even then, people are still selfish. I'm glad to see, like, during this pandemic, people are, you know, coming together and honoring particularly and specifically doctors and nurses and uh, therapists and psychologists and so forth and so on, the healthcare team. I'm glad to see that people are coming together and, and helping out those who are on the front lines. I'm very glad to see that. And I'm quite sure there are stories of, you know, neighbors helping each other or whatever, family helping each other. 
but for the most part, I see every man for himself. They think about themselves first. And I'm still at a place where I have a heart for people, even though sometimes I need a freaking break from people because people are too much. They do too much and they are too much and they're freaking weirdos and it's exhausting. I still have a heart for people. So if I know of a place where, you know, I can get an N95 mask and I know somebody, you know, is going outside to the supermarket, to the pharmacy, or they're going for a walk or to the laundromat, I'm going to share that information because I know N95 masks and disposable masks are very hard to find here in Westchester County. But someone else who knows I'm in the healthcare field, they won't say, hey, go over here and get this N95 mask while they still have supplies. They, they, they don't do that. They think of themselves and their households first. They don't just share the information accordingly. Whereas me, if it was me, I would share the information. I'm the one that'll pick up the phone and say, okay, I know you got three people in your household. They got some N95 masks here. You know, they're $7 each. Give me my $21 back. I'll pick you up the N95 mask. Like, that's me. So not only is my household getting N95 masks, but, you know, these people, whoever that I'm speaking to, their household has N95 masks as well. That's just me. I'm sharing links, telling you where I got it from, how much it costs. But other people are not like that. And so I decided that as much as I don't want to, I think I'm going to do the same thing that I see everybody else doing. Look out for my household first and keep quiet unless somebody asks me something. The other thing that I've learned during this coronavirus pandemic is the foods, <clears throat> excuse me, the foods that you put into your body really does have an effect on your body, your thinking, your overall health, your skin, your hair, and your nails. I've been having meatless meals. I've been doing some stretching. Um, I've been, like I said, doing some um prayer, some affirmations, some meditations for my mental faculties. I've been doing some reading also for my mental faculties. And I've noticed that my nails are stronger. My hair is stronger. Not that I didn't have clear skin, but my skin is clearer. And my skin is also glowing. I hadn't lost any weight yet, but I don't feel heavy. That's one of the things that I've noticed as well. I don't feel heavy. So I'm not eating as much bread. I'm not drinking as much dairy products, well, milk, regular milk, um, cheese and eggs, butter. I'm not having as much as that. Man, mayonnaise and I never did eat too much ketchup I um 
no longer have a taste for processed foods. Let me tell you, the other day, I had some Gorton's fish sticks. And I always liked the Gorton's fish sticks. And so I thought to myself, well, let me pop those in the oven before they end up with freezer burn. And, you know, I'm just going to sit down and watch self-made and enjoy my little fish sticks. Let me tell you, honey. <laughs> I took a bite and spit it out. I was like, what is this? I no longer have a taste for processed foods. I've been cooking with fresh fruits and fresh vegetables and doing a lot of homemade things, a lot of DIY things, and my taste buds changed, and this week is the third week. I had some lemon cookies, and it tasted like there was way too much sugar in it. I spit it out. I like my cookies. I no longer want lemon cookies. I don't think I'm even going to bother buying cookies. I had some chocolate Yankee Doodles. I love my chocolate. I love my chocolate. And when I ate it, I'm like, what the freak is this? And I like spit it out. And I'm like, oh my God, I no longer like my Yankee Doodles. <laughs> I had some white bread. And I'm like, what is this? I spit it out. I'm like, I don't like this. And I use my bread, you know, to make my tuna fish sandwich or whatever my toast. And I don't like it. The bread that I did have is like $8 a loaf, and that's a pretty expensive loaf of bread, but I did like it. I realized I can't have two slices of that bread. I can only have one. I've been eating smaller portions, and so I've learned when to stop eating. <laughs> you know, before I would just eat and be full, and feel sluggish and tired and fall asleep and next thing you know my butt is bigger not that that's a complaint but so I've got some black bean potato chips and salsa and that sits well with me I have to now discover some healthier snacks to snack on if that's what I want to do and this is going to be a new thing for me. But the point is, I don't feel as heavy. I don't feel heavy. My mind is clearer. My skin is glowing. My hair and nails are stronger. And my sleep is better. I also have been turning on my salt rock lamp at night when I go to sleep. And if, you've, if you research um, how the salt rock lamp changes the atmosphere in whatever room you're in, you will definitely feel the difference in the, you know, the atoms and the molecules that's naturally in the air. And so my sleep has been like, I've been sleeping like a baby. It's truly amazing how much change has come in a matter of literally 16 days. 16 days. I never would have thought it. I believe there's a study that says you, you change your habit in 21 days, it don't seem like I had even needed 21 days. I wasn't even thinking along those lines. I was just thinking, I'll be 43. I need to be a little bit healthier, live a little bit longer. I don't want, you know, certain 
things that I see happening to other people to happen to me. I want to do things in moderation. I don't want to get all crazy about it. You know, I don't want to be a fanatic or anything. I just want to do what's best for me so that I can be like those, you know, 80, 90 year old women that I see still walking, still talking, still hearing, still seeing, still eating. I just want to die a little old lady warm in my bed one night when I go to sleep and I just go home to glory and I meet Jesus. I want to be a ripe old age. I don't want to die young. That's my point. But it seems like I'm getting much more than what I had thought I would get. I've learned how to make my own um, chia pudding. Now let me tell you something about those here chia seeds. Um, they do um, swell up and they do enlarge a bit. And they actually do have a bit of a sweet taste to it. And when I originally made my chia pudding, I did it for the first time, and first of all, it, it, it came out really good. I was surprised. The second thing is that the chia pudding is not thick. It's kind of thin and runny. So what I did was I took some vanilla pudding, thinking, how the hell can I go wrong, right? Pudding is made out of milk, and the chia pudding is made out of milk. How the hell can I go wrong? So I just use the same type of milk. I use hemp milk in the chia pudding and I use hemp milk to make the vanilla pudding. And I mixed it together and made it thicker. And my God, I can sell that. <laughs> I can, that was so good. That was so good. The Seymour strength was really good the first time I made it. And that came out a little bit too thin for my liking. And then when I added the different milks to it, it made it a little bit thinner. But the banana kind of helped it a bit. Anyhow, I learned the less water you use when making um, sea moss, the thicker it will be. Now, there's some people that have said, oh, my God, it smells so bad. It tastes so bad. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. But that's a market right there. Because when I made the sea moss for the first time, I didn't smell what everybody else was smelling and I didn't taste what everybody else was tasting. So I thought to myself, I could do an online class, charge people $5, you know, $10, whatever, and say, come learn how to make your sea moss drink. One day, you got one hour and we're going to make a sea moss drink. All we need is one hour. And you're going to make the sea moss drink. And I'm going to give you access to, you know, the website where only thing that's there is access to the replay. And it's unlimited. You could look at it as many times as you want and make your sea moss drink. That's a money maker right there. I really don't know how people went wrong. But it was good to me. It was good to me. I also used the sea moss as a facial mask. And my skin was so soft. Oh my gracious, it was like a baby's bottom. So if you happen to know how to make sea moss or you don't know how to make sea moss, you can find it on YouTube. 
and you can make a CMOS facial mask and your skin is going to be amazeballs. I promise you that. The other thing I've learned during this shelter-in-place pandemic is if you're trying to eat vegan or plant-based, whatever the case may be, I learned a, a new term called um, um, pescatarian, P-E-C-S-T-E-R-I-A-N. That's a person that um, I believe they don't eat meat at all, but they eat dairy products. I believe that's what it is. You can make yourself, if you're a beginner, you can make yourself crazy on how to create meals. I think our minds have been conditioned to think about meals. Like you make spaghetti, you make your garlic bread, you know, if you have eggs, maybe you have sausage, bacon, toast, fruit, orange juice, coffee, tea, you know, whatever. You know, you have your fried chicken, your collard greens, your baked macaroni and cheese, your cornbread, that's your meal. You have your turkey wings and your rice and your vegetable, and that's your meal. You'll make yourself crazy because this stuff, <laughs> how, how many different things can you, what meal? <laughs> if you're just eating plants, what the hell <laughs> are you making as a meal? You'll make yourself crazy if you're a beginner. So what I do is I just put a whole bunch of stuff together and call it a day. Like the other day, I'm going to tell you what my dinner was. I had roasted some Brussels sprouts, um, a sweet potato, the cabbage I sauteed, and I made baked macaroni and cheese with heavy cream. And the macaroni and cheese I used was the one that come in a box and it has the packet. And I have some sharp cheese and heavy cream in the refrigerator. I combined all of that and threw it in the oven. And voila, I had baked macaroni and cheese. So that was my dinner. Oh, and I had a um, yellow squash. Half of a yellow squash. And let me tell you, honey, I was so full. I was so full. So I've learned to just put things together. I, I can't cook uh, quinoa. I don't know what it is about quinoa and brown rice that I cannot for nothing make. So what I do is when it comes to the brown rice, I get the boil in the bag. When it comes to the quinoa, I get it pre-cooked in a bag. Well, all you have to do pretty much is preheat the quinoa. So what I do with that quinoa is whatever vegetables I have, whether they're fresh, whether they're frozen, or whether they're in a can. I take all of that, and I think about what's, what's going to go together. What can I put together? What can I put in a salad if I were to make a salad? And so I take that quinoa, and I throw in some corn, and some broccoli, and some carrots, and I toss in a bay leaf, and a splash of... Um, pink Himalayan salt and then I find something to toss in the oven like a sweet potato or a yam whatever it is that I have even if I just have spinach sauteed on top of the stove whether I got a cabbage I saute that on top of the stove whatever throw some red beans in that pot with the quinoa some black beans whatever it is that I have and that's my dinner that's my lunch 
Because if I sit there and say, what's the meal plan with no meat? I am out of luck, honey. I've been watching um, meal prep ideas on YouTube where people do a variety of different things. There's also this lady who is um, vegan and holistic and um, natural that I follow um, on um, Instagram. And she's had, she has over 1 million followers. And she's just so, so calm and so soft-spoken. And I just like the lady. And she, she takes some things and put it together and make you go, huh, who would have thought it? That's where I get ideas from as well. The tofu crumbles are good to have. They're not good to do meatloafs, <laughs> but <coughs> they're good for tacos and whatever other meal that you're going to make. Um, I like the tofu crumbles. I also use those to tofu crumbles to make um, breakfast burritos. They're really good. I have oatmeal. Um, not the steel cut oatmeal, but I have something called buckwheat. Buckwheat oatmeal. And let me tell you something with this buckwheat uh, oatmeal. It has no sugar and no salt. You have to get very creative with that. So the first time I made it, I was like, uh, this is very different. I noticed that I didn't have that full feeling, but I was good. And so the second time I made it um, I, and I had it for breakfast, I decided to be creative. So when I boiled the water, I actually put two spoonfuls of peanut butter in the water to let that separate a bit in the water. And then I added the buckwheat. Once I put my buckwheat um, and in my bowl, I added some hemp milk. Um, I added some flaxseed. I added walnuts and raisins. I added agave and maple syrup and some cinnamon. And that was good. What I had on the side of my buckwheat oatmeal was a hard-boiled egg. And being that I made my chia pudding, I had a little bit of that chia pudding, um, you know, to go with it. By the time I got done eating that, let me tell you, I was ready to take on the day. That's something to have if you're going to work and you don't want to feel heavy and bogged down. <clears throat> you take, you eat, eat the buckwheat oatmeal and take a banana or something like that, a piece of fruit or something with you. If you're staying at home, um, and you want something more fulfilling, you should prepare a different type of breakfast or add more things to it the way that I did. So anyhow, the point is, if you make yourself crazy trying to find different recipes and ingredients and stuff like that, you will, you will be lost. And you're like, what, what the hell am I supposed to eat? <laughs> Just put the stuff together, child. Put it together, watch a couple of videos, call it a day, move on. After a while, you'll get used to it. It's really not a complicated thing. It's not a hard thing unless you make it that way. 
which is another thing that I've learned during this shelter-in-place pandemic, is that people make things harder than what it really needs to be. People make themselves more fearful than what they really should be. Yes, be cautious and careful because this is an airborne disease that is causing people to die within days. It's killing people quicker than any other disease or HIV and AIDS. It's really just bumping people off. Let's be careful, of course. But you can't live in fear. If God be for you, nothing can be against you. And those, those are facts. So, also I remember talking to one of my friends and I said, hey, how was your day today? And my friend says to me, well, I said to my friend, did you have a good day today? And my friend says, define a good day. And I said, oh shit, it's time for me to get off the phone. So I don't think we need to go through all of that. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> could have just say yes or no. We don't we don't need to make things all complicated. Seriously. So I'm like, yeah, look at the time. I got a pot on the stove. I don't want to burn my food. Bye bye. Let me tell you. <laughs> speaking of pots on the stove, this Italian lady, um, I called her my Italian grandma. And I used to talk to her. She say she used to say to me, Oh, baby, don't say anything. Whenever you're on the phone with somebody and they do X, Y, Z, they say X, Y, Z. Just tell them that you have a pot on the stove and you don't want to burn it and get off of the phone. They'll never know the difference. And so one day I tried it and it worked. The person never, nobody ever knows the difference. And so I passed that wisdom down on to you. When you're on the phone and somebody's saying something, you're like, oh, brother. Say to them, listen, I got a pot on the stove. I don't want to burn my food. Bye-bye. They won't know what you just did. <laughs> so that's what I did to my friends. Define good. I'm like, oh, no, nope, mm -mm. not today, Satan. Mm -mm. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> just don't make things harder than what it really needs to be. Uh, just be kind of direct and answer the question. You don't need to give an explanation. You don't need to think too hard about it. You don't need to psychoanalyze, you know. Just answer the question, especially if the question is a very simplistic question. How was your day? Good. Okay. How's the kids? Good. Yeah, how's the cat, dog, and the fish? They're good. They're running amok. They're good, though. Okay. How's your grandparents? Good. They're awesome. Okay. How's classes going? It's pretty freaking good. Glad it's almost over. All right, sure. Very, very simple. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. You don't have to say, I'm blessed. You're doing too much. That's doing too much. That's, God, got, God got me. Excuse me. God got me. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored by the Lord. Doing too much. I got to go. Got a pot on the stove. <laughs> oh, God. People are just weirdos, you know. So anyhow, just wanted to come on and share those things with you guys about what I learned so far during this pandemic. 
change what you eat, you change your health, you change your mind. Like literally, you change your mind. And your mind becomes clearer. Somebody saying something over the phone that you that make you go, oh, brother, say, yeah, I got a pot on the stove. Bye-bye. <laughs> the other thing is if you find yourself at home going a bit stir-crazy, depressed, anxiety, there is, there's a number, first of all, First of all, don't let the devil tell you to kill yourself. Tell the devil that he should go and jump in front of the train. Tell the devil, why don't he do it? First of all, don't let this thing that's happening in the world cause you to be so sad that you give up on your your own life. You love you. You take care of you. You care for you. Nobody's going to treat you the way that you treat yourself. And you train people on how to treat you anyway. But don't give up on your life. Love yourself in this selfish world. There's a hotline to call if you need to talk to someone. There's therapists and psychologists who are volunteering during this pandemic to help people out. Um, You could go on your state's website, which is probably like nj.gov or ct.gov or ny.gov. Whatever state you live in is probably .gov. And on the website, you'll find the 800 number, the one 800 number to call and speak to someone. You don't have to be alone. Don't choose to be alone because there's someone out there who's willing to give you their ear and their shoulder, but they have to know that you exist in your part of the world. Also, I want to tell you that there are so many online churches that are available to us today. Whether you go on Periscope or Facebook or YouTube, even the internet in itself, There's something out there that you can enjoy and, and, you know, listen into. Do a watch party and invite people to it. Because chances are they don't even know that, you know, these online sermons even exist. Or maybe they hadn't heard about the particular pastor that you've come across. So share it. Join in and share. Even though life is tough, God still hears you. Even though life is tough, God still loves you. The Bible says he has your name written in the palm of your hands. How can he forget who you are? He can never forget anyone that he created. No matter how many billions of people are on the planet, he still knows you by your name. The other thing I want to impress upon you guys is find something that you like. 
you want to paint, you want to learn how to play the piano. I don't know, fix the computer, fix the vacuum cleaner, declutter, organize, learn how to shoot a gun, study some law, architect, history, learn how to cut a potato, learn how to make drinks. The liquor store is open, you know that? Learn how to make a uh, sangria. Learn how to make a mimosa. There's something for you to do. I see a lot of people like, oh, I don't have anything to do. But when you wanted to drop your pants, you was very creative. Now that you need to use your creative juices in another way, you're like clueless. All right. <laughs> There's something for you to do. There's always something to do. It just becomes a matter of, do you want it? How bad do you want it? Anyhow, it's almost 1 a.m. I've got work tomorrow. Just wanted to come on and share this with you guys. Also, I got a book in the mail, and when I get through the first chapter, I am going to do a podcast about this book. It was referred by Nick Cannon, uh, and he gave a really good review about this book, and so I am going to delve into it. It seemed like one of those books that embarked on, the. it seemed like the author of the book embarked on a spiritual journey like nobody's business and wrote about it, and it resonated with me. So I'm going to read it and I'm going to come back and I'm going to give a review and I'll tell you if I recommend this book or not. I don't know the author at all whatsoever, but I'm, I, I'm an advocate reader. I always have been and I am also a self-published author. I did publish my own book. I encourage reading because you learn new words, you increase your vocabulary skills, you increase your... Um, communication skills by reading, um, your comprehension increases, your critical thinking skills increases, um, your memory increases, your ability to study um, and retain information increases. And if you're knowledgeable about a lot of different things, you can talk about what you're knowledgeable in with anyone. And some people will even see you as an expert. Uh, and I do also recommend reading for those who um, have learning disabilities, like dyslexia. I really recommend reading um, for people who are dyslexic. Anyhow, that's my journal for today, for tonight. Shalom.